Welcome back, NEC fans. Yet another NEC men's basketball on the run. My name is Ron Ratner. I am here with Ryan Peters, and we will run it all down this week. Under the radar, star watch, milestones, Twitter timeout, games to watch. But we will start, as always, with our weekend takeaways and really one of the most exciting weekends of NEC basketball that I can remember, Ryan. Yeah, and four teams went 2-0 and on the week. Let's start with Bryant. I feel like Bryant's under the radar. They're seven and one in second place, but because Wagner's been so dominant and they've won in exciting fashion, Bryant's just kind of ho humming it. You know, four in a row now. Their offense is really rolling. They're getting anything they want around the rim. In the two wins this week at Merrimack and against St. Francis Brooklyn, they had 82 points in the paint. Peter Kiss and Charles Pride combined for 79 points in the two wins. And they're, they're in great position at 7-1. They are right where we thought they would be in the top tier of the NEC. Certainly, they have a great one-two punch with Kiss and Pride, one of the best bigs in Hall Elijahs. And they're sitting pretty, one game behind Wagner, which found a way yet again to get it done this past weekend. How there's something in the air at Wagner. It's incredible. Uh, just a great win at LIU. We'll get, we'll get to that later on in on the run, but... You know, just to summarize, Alex Morales was terrific in that LIU game. He had 35 points. 12 of them came in that extra frame, and he just really put Wagner on his back in those final five minutes, willed them the victory. Elijah Ford, what can you say? Hits one three-pointer for the entire season, then hits that clutch one with three seconds left at the buzzer against LIU to extend that into overtime. And then against Merrimack, he had 20 points on 11 shots, so he was super efficient in that one. And, you know, they're just doing really good. The most impressive thing to me, not was the, the great win at LIU, but they were really efficient against that Merrimack zone on Sunday, 71 points on 48 shots, and they had wonderful shooting percentages. They were 53% from two, 50% from three, and 89% from the free throw line. So just great execution. You know, you talked about Elijah Ford's uh, three-pointer and how that was clutch. And what about Raekwon Rogers? It doesn't happen if he doesn't hit the three prior to that with 10 seconds to go. Yeah, I don't think Derek Kellogg was kind of game planning for Rodgers to hit a three at the top of the key. That was one of two three-pointers that he attempted, the first two three-pointers that he's attempted all season in Rodgers. So you kind of shrug your shoulders if you're Derek Kellogg and say, you know what, whatever, you made it, good good for you. But just incredibly clutch once again. Wagner's been really good all year. One of the most exciting finishes you will ever see down the stretch of that game, bucket for bucket in the last 10 seconds. As you said, Alex Morales, player of the year, takes over in overtime, and Wagner is there. 8-0, first 8-0 start for an NEC team since back when LIU did it in 2011-12. Uh, so it's a great run for them. But we have other hot teams. How about St. Francis? Yeah, they're getting their groove back. They earned a sweep over the Connecticut schools um, in Loretto. And they just had great balance. You know, Miles Thompson had 30 points in the two wins. Max Land had 29 points. Josh Cohen, 23 and 17. Dixon Conover had 20 points and six assists. And he was really dynamic around the rim against Sacred Heart on Sunday. Um, and in both wins, too, they showed the resiliency. They were trailed, they trailed by 12 in both games, midway first half against Sacred Heart, early in the second half against Central Connecticut. And then they really just outscored them and, and outplayed them in the second half of both games. The combined 
85 to 63 in points in the second half against those two Connecticut schools. So good job by Rob Crimmel's group. They've, they've struggled with injuries and COVID issues and illnesses. They haven't had roster continuity. They've already played five different lineups in NEC play, which is tough to do, but they found a way to get back kind of at three and five and they're back in the mix of it now. Yeah, you could you could see the confidence starting to brim over the weekend, and I love Miles Thompson, and then you could you know that he's feeling it now, and he's a senior, and he's surrounded by some really good talent. So it, it was wasn't going to be long before they made their move up the standings. Similar to Mount St. Mary's, our defending champions, finally returning home to Not Arena, and it was a great homecoming for the Mount. Yeah, they got back to their defensive roots in this one. And they only gave up 0.83 points per possession in their two wins against the Connecticut School, Central Connecticut, and Sacred Heart. And they really clogged up the interior. They were dominant. Uh, the Connecticut Schools only shot 35% from two. They, were, they just had trouble scoring around the rim, a plus 32 rebounding margin, and just really dominant interior performance. And also defensively on the perimeter, they really forced Sacred Heart off the three-point line and into tough long mid-range twos, and that's not Sacred Heart's game. So, And also you throw in the offense really clicking. Against Sacred Heart, they hit seven of the first nine three-pointers and really turned that game into a laugher. Late in the first half, the game was already over because of their offense and defensive performance. Yeah, as the fans come back to Not Arena, it's going to be an especially uh, tough place to play as we get into February. But I want to dive a little bit more into the Mount. So let's bring Mezzi Offram in and talk to him about Mount Sweep this weekend. We're joined by Mezzi Offram, senior forward from Mount St. Mary's. Mezzi, thanks so much for coming aboard with us. Um, thank you. Appreciate it. So, Mezzi, how did it feel this past weekend, finally getting back home in front of your fans and getting two wins? What was that like? It felt really good. I know the first game we had our student section back and it created like really good energy in the building. And, um, you know, we've been on the road quite a few, so. It was just good to come back on campus and be met with all the love and actually like perform in front of them. It was a really good environment. Yeah, Mezzi, how much did you miss the home environment? Because you, you, it's been a while, but I mean, I feel like not arena. You guys have could decidedly have the best home court advantage and the in the NEC. How much do you enjoy playing at not arena? Just you know, throughout the season, the fact that you have your fans there and they're such loyal, devoted fans that that love watching your your team play. Yeah, for sure. It's a very close community, as you know. I know even like last year, we didn't have them. So this year, like every game has been so special, just being at home, just having that energy and that buzz. And it gives us like pep in our step when we're playing. So it's it's a real advantage and I'm thankful for it. Yeah, so you've, you've played really well of late, Messi. Um, I feel like this weekend, you know, you had your sweep against uh, Sacred Heart and then Central Connecticut. You played two different positions in each of those games because you had your teammate Malik was out on Sunday. So you had to play the four, you're kind of banging bodies down low, but against Sacred Heart, you're playing the three because you had Nana and you had Malik yeah. playing the four and the five. Do you prefer, does it matter for you which position you play? Do you like, the, do you like to hover out in the perimeter and slash? Do you like to bang low? Like what's your preference offensively? I love, I love doing a little bit of both. You know, I love, I pride myself on having a good inside out game. Um, honestly, I'm just grateful for wherever they put me, just where I can be the most impactful for my team. And um, yeah, there's no preference. I enjoy low. I enjoy the perimeter, again, shots coming on screens. Uh, just anything, any, anywhere that will help me be beneficial for the team. Mezzi, I, you know, as a one-on-one -on -one defender, a wing defender, you bring so much value to the mount. How 
was it last week? It seemed like the Mount got back to their core, playing solid defense. What Was that an emphasis from Coach Engelstad last week? Yes, it's, it has been the entire year, but um, just from like a, a team buy-in that's kind of been, you know, just locking in on the details, just making sure we know our assignments, our personnel, and um, just continuing to form our identity because that's, that's our backbone. So, like, I know that's what carried us last year into winning the championship. So, I feel like if we rely back on that, then that's what's going to help us repeat. So, yeah. Well, Mezzi, thanks for taking some time with us. We really appreciate it. Good luck the rest of the season as Mount tries to defend its conference title. We'll see you soon, Mezzi. Thank you. Thank you. Now for our Twitter timeout, I'd actually like to shout out NEC women's basketball and specifically the Sacred Heart production of their women's game against Mount St. Mary's on Friday. It was, as Takira Carter, a former player uh, for the Pioneers, said, the first all-female production in NEC front row history from the talent to the people on the back end to the stats and directors. It was a great broadcast, and we are so excited to add Takira Carter to our NEC broadcast team. She'll be doing her first game with us on February 19th when Bryant plays FDU on ESPN+. She'll be coming on as an analyst, and Takira, this past week, she struck out and did some play-by-play as well. So we're excited for her. We're excited to bring her aboard, and I know, uh, Ryan, that's your alma mater. you got to be proud of what took place with their uh, communications and TV program there last week. Yeah, certainly. Sacred Heart has a great broadcasting program, but, you know, Takira, I've, I've heard her on the broadcast as color as a color analyst filling in with Randy Brochu on the men's side, and she does a great job. But, uh, you know, her and Dominique Patrick really did a good job on the broadcast. Uh, unfortunately, it was a mountain win for, against my alma mater, but uh, bravo to Sacred Heart for pulling it off. We mentioned Miles Thompson earlier when talking about the red flash, and now he's our NEC under the radar player of the week. Yeah, he's been really good the last three league games, 52 points on 20 of 33 shooting on his twos um, and doing other things like grabbing seven boards against Central Connecticut, six assists against Sacred Heart. I just love Miles Thompson because, you know, the strength, the physicality at the four against NEC competition, you know, you can really post them up. And that's what Rob Primmel's been doing a lot of late. And it really kind of accentuates his strengths because he's so good around the rim. And I'd like to see Miles Thompson. I know he's made some catch and shoot threes this year, 40% from deep, which is a, an improvement for him. But I really want to see an inside outside game from Miles Thompson. And when he's doing that, which he's done of late, St. Francis is a much better team. They're so dynamic in the post with him and Josh Cohen and Marlon Hargis and Mark Flagg. I could keep going on and on. Jariah Coleman. They have so, they have a bevy of weapons down low, and Miles Thompson is one of the leading guys there. Yeah, I enjoy watching Miles carving out space in the paint for the Red Flash, who are surging right now. Ryan, when we talk about unique players and unique styles, Patrick Emelian of St. Francis, Brooklyn comes to mind, and he's our star watch performer this week. Yeah, I was really taken aback by Emelian's play against Wagner uh, a couple Saturdays ago. He had 23 points on 13 shots, and he was really dynamic. He's got that Dirk Nowitzki fadeaway jumper, but he also could face you up and drive past you. He's he's really dynamic as a four-man in this league, um, and he's been, he's kind of a bit of a throwback, but he really – it really works for Glenn Breka's team. Um, and he's, I think, one of the best, if not the best offensive option on that team right now. Um, and he had limited playing time in Western Michigan, but I think St. Francis Brooklyn and the NEC is a perfect spot for his game. 
for his kind of skill set. And uh, he's thriving of late for St. Francis, Brooklyn. Yeah, good, solid mid-range game. And he's one of many bigs in the NEC right now who are really getting it done offensively. So it's a uh, fun watching uh, Patrick play for the Terriers. NEC play of the week. This is an easy, easy pickings this week, Ryan. We got to go to LIU Wagner and Elijah Ford's three-pointer at the buzzer to send it to OT. Uh, not only was it a great shot, it was incredibly clutch. And, you know, uh, you know, props to Delaney Hunt for the delivery here, getting it to Elijah Ford. And then he has the wherewithal to race past Ty Flowers off the dribble and then elevate over three Shark defenders to sink just his second triple of the season to send that game into overtime. I, I think we have to rename the play of the week award uh, to the Elijah Ford play of the week. <laughs> and we really have to because it could be a windmill dunk. It could be a great play in transition or a clutch three. I mean, what can Elijah Ford not do? Well, just ask Elijah Ford, and he'll tell you that we should name it after him after he suggested we rename the NEC 9 to the Boogie 9 <laughs> yesterday on Twitter. He's fun. He's a great player, and that was a tremendous shot. And um, Wagner just seems like a team that's going to always find a way to get it done in the end. And um, – Elijah's been a big part of that with his clutch play down the stretch of uh, some really close games as of late for the Seahawks. Milestone time on NEC on the run, and we're going to go to Ty Flowers, and it probably won't be the last time we talk about some of his milestones this year. Last week, he became the first player nationally in at least 30 years to accumulate 1,500 career points, 750 rebounds, 250 assists, 203 pointers, 150 blocks, and 150 steals in his career. That is an amazing skill set to have. 6'9 player for LIU. Ryan, what makes Ty so special? Well, his versatility, first of all, and the fact that he's 6'9, he's such a difficult guard as a power forward. He's playing a lot more three this year for Derek Kellogg, but it's just impossible for smaller guys to, to even be physical with him. He could shoot up over the top of them, and he's really rangy. That wingspan and that anticipation on the defensive end, to me, the one of the more impressive parts of the stat is the fact that he has over 300 career blocks and steals combined. So it just shows you the defensive anticipation, the ability for him to create turnovers and, and get LIU in transition opportunities. He's just a terrific all-around player. Yeah, really, he just has no weaknesses, and you just don't see. He's like the five-tool baseball player that just can do it all. He also, last week, another milestone, uh, reached the top 25 on the NEC's all-time career rebounding list with over 800. So congrats to Ty Flowers, and we look forward to him padding those numbers as the year goes on. This week's game to watch is a tasty one on CBS Sports Network this Saturday. LIU travels to Bryant in a battle of NEC contenders whenever these two teams tangle. Always seems to be like a great game. Ryan, I know you're looking forward to this one. Yeah, you know, the uh, it's funny because the, the Chase Athletic Center was kind of a house of horrors for LIU last year. They lost two games, the last one in excruciating fashion as the Bulldogs went on a 16-1 to run to close that game out and basically knock LIU out of qualification for the NEC tournament. So revenge is definitely on Derek Kellogg's squad's mind. And this year you have two bona fide player of the year candidates going at it, Peter Kiss versus Ty Flowers. We mentioned how good Ty Flowers is, but Peter Kiss, like you mentioned, the five-tool the five tool baseball player, he's the same exact way with his versatility. He can shoot the three, he can drive the lane. He's great in defensive anticipation, generating steals. Um, and, you know, really good facilitator. So I'm really looking forward to that matchup. And then the front court, 
Isaac Conte against Paul Elijahs, and then Charles Pride against Errol Penn. Just some big heavyweight names going up against each other on Saturday. We like the star power, Ryan. Ratings. Star power equals ratings. And hopefully a lot of people will be watching Saturday, 2 p.m. CBS Sports Network. Should be a good one. And for the rest of the slate, we're back to Thursday, Saturday. You can watch all those games for free, as always, on NEC Front Row and on the NEC On The Run series of apps. We look forward to another great week of games. And Ryan, that should be about it for us this week. Great show. Uh, Any closing thoughts? No, so we're almost midway point of the conference season. The tiers have already developed. We have a top tier and then we have a middle tier. All those teams like Mount, LIU, Sacred Heart in a way, St. Francis University, they're all contending for that home game in the first round of the NEC tournament. So things should get really interesting this coming weekend. Yep, the jockeying will continue and we will see you again next week on NEC On The Run.